Welcome to my podcast, Exiles, America in Lockdown, the experience of taking a red pill just nine short months ago. Today, we're going to talk about two things, Church Incorporated and the state of America today. So you might be wondering what, why I came up with this name, Exiles. So that's where we're going to start. So if you have a chance, uh, if you've got a Bible around, turn to Revelation 1, and I'm going to start in verse 9. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So the book of Revelation is um, a John who just introduced himself in exile at this island called Patmos. Uh, historically, most, most of the historians, biblical historians believe that John had been exiled, i.e. sent away by himself <laughs> on this island to basically rot. And while he was there, he wrote the book of Revelation, which is um, what we, fa the fancy theologian term is uh, eschatology or the study of the end times. So I was inspired by this uh, name of, the, uh, of this kind of situation that John found him in. And I was like, wait a second, in America, we uh, that have seen the truth and that in our, uh, have our eyes been opened nine months ago, we, are, we have become exiles. Um, and so that's going to be the theme of this podcast is life in lockdown and what it means to be an exile today um, in current America. Uh, today, just in case you're wondering, uh, today is uh, December 4th of 2020. So this is uh, America Today. It's as, uh, as current and as relevant as can be. Okay, so our two topics for the day that I want to discuss is uh, Church Incorporated um, and then the state of America uh, today, so December of 2020. All right, so let's get rolling. So just a little intro to myself. So uh, let, let me cover the topic and then I'll give you my background. So... My uh, belief is that the church today has become, uh, the modern Christian church, I should uh, specify, has become church uh, incorporated. So the church is not treated as it is in the Bible and Acts. Um, everybody had everything in common and shared together, and they, um, they uh, ate together, oftentimes lived together. They shared everything that they had together. What we have today is... Uh, the modern church is basically a form of uh, movie theater attendance where you come, you sit and hear a message. Uh, it may or may not be based in a message or scriptures from the Bible. Um, and then you leave and everybody repeats that uh, once a week. And for some reason, we decided Sundays was the day to do that or Sunday mornings for most people. So the question becomes, why do we do that? And what value does that have? Uh, does it have any value biblically? And so my um, synopsis is that uh, modern Christianity is non-essential. And that's why you see for the last uh, eight to nine months that predominantly uh, churches have uh, closed up shop um, and they've basically stepped away from God's people and the shepherding of God's people. And they've decided, you know what, uh, we can just... Uh, Stay safe, stay home, stay safe. <laughs> and um, 
that couldn't be more pathetic and uh, the antithesis of what is biblical. Um, God's call on us as a church and God's call as us on uh, leaders and teachers in the church. And so I feel that uh, today in modern Christianity, uh, the last nine months in America have proven that the church is non-essential. And that is, uh, should be terrifying to you because it's terrifying to me. And I would say that this, the, the terrible state that we find ourselves in where there is, um, let me go over, I have this great list that I've uh, kind of worked up. So I've been sharing um, for probably, I want to say probably the last nine months, um, I've decided that because there is no other public sphere for sharing uh, my insight into what has been occurring in America today, um, I've been doing my best to share with anybody who will listen on my all my social media platforms that don't uh, immediately shut it down, censor, block it, what have you. And even with all of that in mind, I've tried to get creative using the technological means that we have access to. So um, I, one of my recent posts, I said, um, let me read it to you. It says, get off the bench. There exists a chasm right now. Uh, the reality created and fiercely reinforced by the Democrats, mainstream propaganda, and big tech. And those things are censorship, censorship, masquerades, presidents unelect, fear-mongering, baby slaughtering, race rioting, power usurping, lockdown celebrating, Marxists elevating insanity. However, on the other side, we have ultimate reality in which the United States Republic is at stake. And it's currently under siege by seditionists and people who are trying to uh, lead a coup attempt to overthrow it. Uh, and they want to overthrow the Constitution, destroy liberty for future generations. And unfortunately, these two perspectives do not mix at all. So just as the Bible and God's call on us as the people he created <clears throat> does not mix with the enemy and Satan's view of God, him being God and that you are little gods, those are not mixable. They do not reconcile. You can't be buddies. Um, and so we're going to talk more about this. But these viewpoints are stark. One is sanity. The other is insanity. So when it comes to moving forward in America, there's not, it's not a whose ideas are better. It's one ideas are crazy and literally insane. And up until probably just five years ago, most of what is espoused by the Democrat uh, leading side would have been considered insanity. And those people would have been put in nice white jackets and put into special institutions. Unfortunately, in America we live in today, insanity is embraced and treated as truth. Uh, there's no gender, there's no male and female, you can have sex and pervert sex however you want with whoever you want, and it's twisted, perverse, and against the Bible. And so if you are a Christian today and you uh, have adopted the beliefs of the Democrats and all the ones that I just listed of baby slaughtering and race rioting and lockdown celebrating and elevating Marxism, all those things are evil. And so if you don't see them as evil, you have been deceived. And so I want to clear, clearly define the two sides, the two perspectives. One is of the devil, the enemy, and one is, is sound and rational and sane. So there's no reconciling insanity and sanity. Okay, so let's dive into this some more. So how, how has the church uh, been approaching this reality? These two very distinct uh, belief systems or worldviews. Um, think of worldview as, as glasses. 
So if you have to wear glasses, if you wear the right glasses, it helps you to see more clearly. If you wear the wrong glasses, you would actually see more poorly. So worldview is like the set of glasses you're wearing. If you wear glasses that help you to see more clearly, i.e. you have a worldview that lines up with the Bible, that, that is uh, consistent with the truths of the Bible, um, the truths about who God says you are, the truths about who God says we are, then you're going to see more clearly. However, if you wear lenses that are tainted and perverted and help you see more poorly, then you're going to maybe see something that sounds kind of good, like that sounds like, hey, we want to, we just want everybody to have rights and we want everybody to be respected. And, and all those things on the surface sound good until you get below the surface. So until you, until you start investigating what BLM Incorporated actually does. So they are literally just a funnel for the Democrat Party. They don't help black people. They don't care about black people. In fact, they are very highly supported and funded by Planned Parenthood, which is an organization that wants to destroy all black people. In fact, their founders, which they want to hide and keep under the rug and behind the curtain, actually believed in eugenics. And specifically, they wanted an ultimate race that had no black people. And so the number one baby slaughtering in America today by the millions is black babies. So they don't believe black lives matter. That's a lie. So you, you've been deceived. If you're caught up in that nonsense, you've been deceived by language that has been twisted and perverted. So that's just one example. So, okay, let's go back to, again, Church Inc., because that's really what concerns me the most and what should concern you the most. It's not what people outside the faith or outside belief or people who are antagonistic to God or who don't believe in God believe. What matters is what about the people inside the church who, who have submitted themselves to Christ and who believe in the God of the Bible? So this is where things get really disturbing. So let me give you my background. So from... 05 to uh, 2010, I was pursuing being a pastor. I had done children's ministry for a number of years for my church. And because of that, I had gotten a chance to um, be a part of being mentored and growing up and, and uh, learning the Bible specifically for the sake of teaching it. And being able to understand it, not just um, on the surface, but also the historical context, the original languages of Greek and Hebrew. I spent a lot of time being in the church um, leadership to be able to uh, be kind of under the, those leaders who had studied it as well. And so throughout that time, I got to see church um, being done from the inside. Um, and so I was a part of that, uh, the church uh, here, this uh, is called the Village Church here in Dallas for, again, almost, I think, five years as a leader doing children's ministry. So from there, I left uh, the village in, in here in Dallas, and then I moved to um, Hollywood, California. Uh, technically, it's Los Angeles, but the, the neighborhood of Hollywood in Los Angeles. And I joined a small church plant, and I was going to do children's ministry there. And so I was there for, I want to say, about eight months. So in that period of time, I got to probably see the most uh, direct exposure to kind of Church Inc. Um, and so how I'm going to define Church Inc. is basically that the, what is the motivation behind the church? So on the surface in modern Christianity, 
um, right? We should be making disciples. We should be proclaiming the gospel. We should be shepherding and caring for uh, God's people. And that's what the Bible calls us to. But unfortunately, in Church Incorporated, uh, the, the fact that money and this organization comes into play, um, essentially everything is treated like a business. And so when I was at the village, I saw indicators of this that disconcerted me of, and that looks like building bigger buildings and spending more money on uh, nicer fixtures and cooler, you know, experiences and more staff and, and, and more ministries and all this stuff, right? And it's all, it's all propagated as, you know, it's for the sake of the, the gospel. Uh, unfortunately, there's no examples of building buildings. There's no examples of uh, nicer furniture. There's no examples of coffee shops, bookstores. Again, on and on we could go in the Bible, right? There's, there's, no, there's no call from Christ to us as his church to do those things. However, com- comfort and what is convenient and what makes me happy and what sustains my, you know, all the hundreds of staff that work at, at the business. And so what ends up happening is that the pastor, the lead pastor, he goes from becoming a shepherd to CEO. And when that change happens, then all decisions are, are through that lens, that we are CEO first and not submitted to Christ's uh, submission and doctrine and beliefs. And, and again, it's very insidious because right, I don't, I don't think any of these men um, have the motivation to, to start this way, but this is what ends up inevitably happening. And so throughout modern Christianity in the last five years, we've seen this preponderance of apostasy. So apostasy is a fancy word to say leaving sound doctrine and then going away from it um, in a variety of ways. Um, so we have uh, just mass amounts of of sin issues that not not just because we are all sinners and saved by grace, but but that they've just given over to them, and then they leave the faith and they say God's not real or I don't believe what I profess to believe for the last ten years. And so we have examples. Um, uh, the there's a, a gentleman who, who wrote this book series about dating, biblical dating called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And he um, for years, I mean, he wrote follow up books and he was a pastor at a big church and. I mean, had thousands of followers and people in Christian circles all knew who he was. And he decided just recently, uh, he, d- he didn't love his wife, so he divorced her, doesn't know, uh, he doesn't believe in God anymore, so stopped being a pastor of his church. And he basically just gone apostate. So from someone who was a uh, large leader and well-known in all of the well-known circles in the church, he just decided, don't believe in God anymore, I'm out. So there's been a string of those uh, within the last number of years for uh, men, uh, pastors who, you know, go up on Sunday and say, hey, do like me, be like me, I'm awesome, be like me, dress like me, uh, treat your wife like me. But then they're having affairs behind closed doors, they're lying about their lifestyles of, of drug addiction and alcohol addiction, of straight up financial fraud against their church and against God's people. Um, and then they go and either start another church, which has happened a number of times, or they never get held accountable and they just use God's people up and then they spit them out. And so you could say, right, this is the nature of sinners. And I would agree with you. The nature of sinners is that we are imperfect and that we will never be perfect on this side, right? We see through a, a mirror dimly here until we see fully when we're in God's presence. So I want you to hear that God's grace is real. The reason the Bible is true, the gospel is true, is that we are sinners saved by grace, and that not of our own, but because it is an act of God. 
So God saves, we don't save. Um, there is no judgment for those in Christ Jesus, i.e., I don't believe that you can lose your salvation. And so I want to be clear is that I'm talking about Church Inc., not the nature of God's grace. So Church Inc. is basically, I think, demonstrating that this system doesn't work. So this business-like uh, approach to church doesn't work, nor is it biblical. And so my argument is that what we've been seeing for the last seven, nine months now is that pastors, leaders, elders, they have taken on the business mindset of what is the most safe approach? What is the most low liability? What will get us into the least amount of lawsuits or potential discussions or challenges or conflict? Where in the Bible, Jesus doesn't shy away from conflict. He doesn't shy away from people who have a perverse viewpoint of him or, or of, of the scriptures. He doesn't shy away from those who would pervert them. In fact, his harshest words are for, at the time, the Pharisees and Sadducees, which were the leaders in the church. So <laughs> I feel like we, we may have lost the context that we find ourselves in today. But at the end of the day, we're still dealing with the same problems. They're just in new clothing, in this case, treating the church as a business. And so you see all these churches making the decision to close, not because constitutionally they don't have a right to stay open, not because biblically that God doesn't call them to minister to their people in all seasons, in and out of season, in preparation and out of preparation. Unfortunately, though, they've forsaken the gospel. They've forsaken the truth. They've forsaken the Bible. They've forsaken the God they profess to believe. And they have instead deferred to fear and cowardice. And so today what we have is the modern Christian church is filled with cowards for Christ. So I want to re repeat that because I think this is key to my uh, perspective on what is happening in the modern Christian church. Today, pastors, leaders, elders in the modern Christian church have become cowards for Christ. They are cowards. They do not believe the truth. They have submitted themselves to both uh, the world and the culture and perspectives of a tyrannical government that has turned on its people, and they have indeed as well joined in and turned on their own people. So they have shut their churches, they have pro pro proactively shut their churches, they have given into fear of anything. Over God is an idol. So it doesn't matter what you believe about a virus that has a very high 99.99% survival rate, it doesn't matter. Instead, they've given over to fear. Throughout the Bible, about the, there's one topic that comes up over and over again, and it's in story after story after story of God's people in the Bible. A classic example is the Israelite people. So, right, God follows through the Old Testament, the Israelite people, and they go through a bunch of different life circumstances. A number of them had to do with fear. Uh, the Israelites were uh, led by God um, using Moses out of Egypt, right? I'm going to take you out of Egypt and I'm going to deliver you to the promised land. That was God's promise. And so he was using Moses to bring about this promise. Every, every step of the way, the people of God, Israel, uh, would, would turn to fear. They'd start building, they'd literally cast golden idols and then start worship, worshiping them over the God that the, the Bible, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, right? The God of their people. And so over and over again, God would show up and say, do not be afraid. And he sometimes did that through burning bushes, through 
Moses through prophets, right? Over and over again, this theme, do not be afraid. Do not fear. I will go before you. I will go with you. I am for you. Just obey, right? So this theme of fear is not new to humankind. It wasn't new to the Israelites. It's not new to us. But, uh, but what the Bible says is that we are to trust God and that in trusting God, we entrust our lives, which the Bible says are like a mist and then gone. We entrust our lives and we don't fear, but we move forward in God's ability to protect, to sustain, because our lives ultimately are not our own. The Bible says over and over again, those who belong to Christ, our lives are no longer our own, but Christ's. And so if we believe this and we profess to believe it, then there's nothing, no virus, even even the ones that actually do kill you rapidly. Throughout uh, Christian history, the church, God's people, have run to whatever the crisis was. So 9-11, the Christians didn't run away from the towers. The Christians run towards the towers, right? In every virus previous, of every even deadly, extremely deadly ones, the Christians are the ones holding the hands of the dying and then dying themselves because God is better. That's, that's the narrative of the Bible is that God is better than anything else, than our lives, than our families. Over and over again, Jesus says, you have to lose your life to gain it. And it wasn't metaphorical. He legitimately meant you, you exchange what you want and what's in your hands for what's in my hands, which is me. And I'm the best. I'm the greatest gift. And so unfortunately, we live in the modern Christian church and cowards for Christ are leading it. And we have churches closing and we have pastors preaching a false gospel that says it's about your comfort, that it's about your safety, that it's about um, your cowardice. That, that it's okay to be a coward, that it's okay to um, be fearful, that in fact, let's stoke the fire of fear and let's give in to all of the things surrounding the, that what has led to this last nine months in America. Don't, don't uh, be a citizen in your country. Don't participate in citizenship. In fact, reject citizenship entirely. Well, unfortunately, again, that fails the test of the Bible that says, I have chosen the time and place for your allotment. I, I have put you in this time and this place for this season. And so I didn't make a mistake. I didn't accidentally put you in America in the 21st century. I intended for you to be America in the 21st century. And I told you over and over again, just as I've told my people throughout time, do not be afraid. Do not live out of fear. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't focus on things that are outside of your control because you are in, you are finite and your capacity is limited, and I am God, and I am infinite, and my capacity is infinite. And so this belief that God is not bigger than any virus, that God is not bigger than any threat, that God is not bigger than anything that would come and try to stand against us, is not only foolish, but cowardly. And you see time and time again, you have the, this example of, again, Israel going into the promised land. And time and time again, them growing fearful and then leaving God for idols of various degrees. Um, and then you have this scene, kind of, they're all at the kind of the edge of the promised land. And w one after the other, they're, they're falling to cowardice. No, they're, they're, those people in that land, they're really, they look really uh, buff. No, those people in the land, they look really scary. No, those people in the land, they look, they look stronger than us. They look like there's more of them. And one at a time, they all kind of start to deny God and deny God's, God's promises. But one, but one or two of them, um, and Joshua, this man named Joshua in particular, says, 
in this context, he says, no, no, no. He's like, I don't care what you guys are doing, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will obey God. And so, unfortunately, in modern Christianity, we're in this state where we're we're sitting on the line of America and the Republic and the sustaining of it. And we have many, many men who have said they are leaders turned to cowardice and fear. And they have shut their churches and they have walked away from the truth. And they've walked away from, from what God has asked of them. And, but there is, there is a couple men, right? We have John MacArthur, who's re- who repented in, in, uh, just outside of Los Angeles. And he not only reopened his church, but said, this is, this is do not fear. That God has said and has always said, and I repent forever displaying otherwise, that God is bigger. God is more powerful. God is the best. And so again, we have these instances, Rob McCoy, and you have Charlie Kirk, and you, ha- you have all these voices that are, are kind of standing in the gap. But unfortunately, the majority of American churches, the majority of American Christianity has been cowards. And so that's what we see. That's what we're seeing happening. And that, that's what, what, is, what is impacting us as God's people. Even my own church here, uh, the village in, in Dallas, Texas, um, they have given over to cowardice and they've adopted beliefs and teachings that are contrary to the Bible and they've decided to elevate them above God and to choose fear and cowardice over obedience in a, in a very big, very powerful, very capable God. Um, and so unfortunately, that's where we find ourselves. So again, that's kind of to, to give you some context for what we've been seeing here in America for the last nine months. Um, and I just wanted to wrap it up um, with kind of some some thoughts on kind of the current state of America. So following that up, so we got Church Inc. and Church Incorporated that has um, abandoned the, the God of the Bible, abandoned the gospel, abandoned God's people. And so then what do we do as Christians? So if, if we acknowledge that this is what is happening, we acknowledge that this is the reality we find ourselves in as Americans, what do we do? And this is, uh, this is hard, this hard conversation, because I believe God is in control but I believe he also asks us to obey. He asks us to continue to trust him. He asks us to continue to, to move forward as if he is in control because he is. And so, but what do we do? Like, what, what is the action? And so I feel like for us, um, I think it becomes speaking up. That's the, fir- that's the first thing we have to do is we have to say enough is enough. There, we will not allow cowardice and fear to rule us because the Bible that we believe in and the God of the Bible who we esteem says, do not fear. And so that starts with just speaking up, share that perspective with the people close to you, share that perspective with anyone that will listen to you. And many won't. And many, many, as the Bible said, will be given over to their own deception. And we see this, right? Uh, Secondly, turn off the television, that box with the images it's lying to you. It's there to deceive you. It's there to pervert you. Just as Eve encountered the serpent in the beginning of Genesis, um, it's always with a twisted truth. It's always half truth. Did God not say that? And then fill in the blank. Did God not say? Did he really say to not eat from that fruit? Did he really say that he doesn't want you to have everything you want? Again, it's, it's taking some truth and then wrapping it around perversion and ultimately deception. And so that's what the television is. That's what all the major, major news networks are. That's what um, every corporation is, is marketing. Literally, you're being attacked. Education, all the education uh, in America has been taken over and, and perverted. And so what I want you to see is th- these are the action steps. We, we got to 
uh, speak up, uh, do not give in to the lies, and then share the truth with every with it with whoever will hear. Second is we got to shut off all the things that are deceiving us. Literally remove ourselves from the perversion and the deception. Take, take a step back, take a step away, remove yourself. Um, the third thing we want to do is we want to take action in the ways that we can. So we need to rebel and we need to disregard tyrants. So if the Constitution of the United States, which is the highest law of the land, dictates what our rights are, and it's not, all it does is reaffirm what is our God-given rights to liberty, to property, to the pursuit of happiness. Those are all in the Constitution. Look at the 14th Amendment. Uh, I'd encourage you to read it if you haven't. Those things are all given to us and protected by the highest law in the land. If anything that your governor, your mayor, your local city council, whatever says, contradicts any of those things, it's unconstitutional. Defy it. So businesses should open. Churches should open. People should not wear masks. You should literally go about your life in the way that uh, God intended you to, to live in liberty and freedom and, and, and uh, courage. Be courageous. The nonsense of the safety is total bunk. It's totally false. It's total foolishness. You need to live as if God is in control, and he is. Do not be afraid. Okay, so those are some things uh, kind of just wrapping up for us. Uh, again, as you can see, I can get very passionate <laughs> about about the state of America today. Um, and I want you to take away that God is in control. And that's that's the thing that I am praying for every day is that God, I want your will to be done. And if that means the destruction of this republic, because you have a, a plan that is better than my plan, then then so be it. But I want you to hear that God has not asked us to be passive sheep who take tyranny who just sit on the sidelines and don't participate as citizens. Because if we are to care and love for our neighbors, it is not loving to be deceiving our neighbors. And that deception could be with a mass, that that deception could be with going along with tyranny, that deception could be with, again, embracing insanity of which all of these different means are coming at us. So be uh, loving, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might. And second, love your neighbor. And it is not loving to deceive your neighbor. So walk in truth, walk in uh, courage. Uh, do not be deceived by safety and lies. You have been listening to Exiles, America in Lockdown. This is episode one, recorded on December 4th, 2020. Thanks for listening.